Welcome to the Bethlehem Missionary Baptist Church podcast for Sunday, October 20th, 2019. Dr. Hutchins preached today from Psalms 16, verse 11. His subject, the secrets to your joy. Three secrets that he revealed to us was, one, I have a God who preserved. Two, I didn't get what I deserve. And three, I have a blessing that's reserved. Thank you and be blessed. Only person that loved him now separated from him. 
Johnson and nowhere uh, to be found. Now he's seemingly hated by those in whom he was sent to help. Here David is struggling to maintain his own sanctity. Saul, along with 3,200 soldiers trying to assassinate him by any means necessary. On 21 different occasions that we had to dodge Saul because people saying Saul had killed his thousands. But David is tens of thousands. What do you do when you've been hated? And all you've done will say yes to God. He's been anointed by the prophet without any initiation of his own. Nobody felt him worthy. Neither his father nor his brothers invited him to the incarnation services. Out back tending to his father's flock when none of his older brothers qualified to receive the oil. Why? Because it's important for us to recognize today that your oil knows who you are. And I think I'll let somebody know a secret today that regardless of who tries to get your oil, regardless of who tries to block you, regardless of who tries to stop you, regardless of who tries to plot, scheme, backbite, or undermine to get your oil, your oil has your name. Word. Whatever God has for you today, nobody can get that. What God has for you, I wish I had some help in here. It is for you. And to be perfectly honest with you today, your oil will not work on anybody else. Oil that has been designed would not fall upon any of his older brothers. And so while he's in the field tending to his father's flock, the man of God, came and showed up with a recommendation and, and the question is uh, do you have another son? Well truly God is not like man because man looking at the outward appearance but God looking at the heart. So, so now he's gone from being a, a young neophyte freshly wet behind the ears without any expectation that God had greater plans you know, I thought about that thing, y'all, and, and because it's interesting that oftentimes the people who want to be great never get it. People that try to be ballers and shot callers, those are, are always seemingly the ones that's chasing after something that, that seemingly never comes. But, but, but it's the one who serves behind the scenes. You know, those individuals who, who don't have to have recognition, they, they're just glad to be alive. It's the individuals who don't look for it, who don't work for it. The ones, uh, those are the ones that God often utilizes. David didn't ask for it. David wasn't looking for it. He really didn't deserve it. But one day he picked up a pen and he wrote in retro, he anoints my head with oil. My cup running over and, and, and so he's gone from being a shepherd boy. Without any desire, never had a clue that a messianic mandate would be attached to the lineage and, and he would be a part of the family tree of Jesus. I mean, he's just anointed. Picked up from 
nowhere picked out of the fields because God saw something significant in him. I want you to know that God looks for those uh, who serves uh, versus those who desire to be seen. Right. I wish I had some help. And so God here has anointed him. And no doubt David must have been looking at his life trying to figure out, God, if this is the fruit of, of my anointing, if this is the fruit of your anointing, God, then you should have just left me back there in the fields of Bethlehem. But here I am. And the most powerful man in all of Israel is trying to kill me. And all I've done was to play music for you, uh, uh, melody, so that you could get some rest. All I've done for you, all I've done was, was to stand upon that mountain before Goliath, that Philistine giant from Gath, who tried to fight the armies of the living God. All I tried to do really was uphold the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All was trying to be an asset to you. And here you are, Saul, you're trying to destroy me. And David here is now finding himself under extreme pressure. Had to ask himself, how do you keep your voice when you're under pressure? How do you maintain your sanity when you really want to lose it all? What do you do? When you want to really walk away from God and say, God, you can keep your anointing. God, do me a big alone. God, leave me right where I am because oftentimes many of us want to be in the light. But the question is, y'all, can you handle the heat that's coming from you? I mean, listen to me. Because wherever there's light, I think I'll take it. Not only uh, is there going to be heat coming from the light, uh, but, but you got bugs that are attracted to light. You got rodents that, you don't believe me, go out looking for look at your fire. You'll find some bugs uh, that, that are attracted to light because the more light there is, uh, the more it illuminates whatever type of things uh, that are unclean uh, or impure. Uh, who would have ever known that light when, the, when there's light? That you got to give up your right for somebody else's wrong. Who would have ever known that when there's light, people can always see your flaws and point the bone and finger of scrutiny and accusation at you and, and can't never see that their own, never can see their own flaws. Here, here he is under extreme pressure. He's about to lose it all, underestimated by his father, despised by his own brothers. Assassination attempts from the monarch of Israel. And the only person who really loved him, Jonathan, is Joel. He really is, y'all, having to keep it all because Saul wants him in there. Jealousy has, has driven Saul to become crazy. And now the pain and the pressure, they're about to try David crazy. Both of them, Saul, chosen to be the first king. David anointed to be the second king, and both of them are struggling to keep their sanity. It's amazing to me, y'all, that when we want to be blessed, we only want to talk about the good side of blessing. No, but I think I'll tell you today, there's always two sides to the coin. The question I want to ask you today.
understand to be blessed. So here he is. Can I just paint my picture? Man? Having to struggle to keep it all together. Somehow, perhaps, here in the cave of the future, he finds enough fortitude for God takes his eyes off the cave and, and from faith to being a fugitive uh, to point him to a higher reality of favor. And the higher reality of favor is this, uh, is that sometimes uh, you don't understand joy uh, until you found yourself in some caves uh, called a doolum. Uh, because it's there in the caves uh, where you get a crystallized perspective uh, of what joy really looks like. It is in the caves of a doula where God will allow you to be stripped from those things that temporarily brought you happiness, that temporarily brought you satisfaction to let you and I know what it really means to be connected to a higher reality. And as a matter of fact, you didn't really know what you had until you went to a cave of a doula because in your cave of a doula, and that's where your joy is developed. In the cave of a doula, that's when you and I can get an ocular demonstration of what joy really looks like because David's conversation here in chapter 16 is diametrically opposed to his own experience. And David lets us know while you're fleeing from your life, underestimated by, by those that you thought should have spoken in your life, this by your own brother. Hated by those whom you've been sent to serve and now separated from those who you love and love you. It is in that moment alone that God can reveal to you a joy that's unparalleled. Many of us, we don't have joy. We have money, but we're miserable. That's right. We have relationships, but, but we're stuck and stagnant because we really can't demarcate between the difference between happiness and joy. But David lets us know that in the middle of being a fugitive, it's in that perspective that God can help you keep your poise when you're under pressure. In the middle of his mess, does God give him the secrets having joy. Well, David, what is the secret of having joy? And, and I really want y'all, I want everybody to get this. Yeah, because, you know, I want you to get it because it'll help you because, you know, you know, some singles might tell you, I got a secret to tell you what that means. You're going to tell them about it. But, but, now, but now, I want to give you the secret today, uh, and if you get this secret, you don't have to keep it a secret. No, 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 as a matter of fact, I want you to leave Bethlehem, and I want you to go share it with those that you know that are to know that you're stressed, that, that are struggling, that are suffering, uh, that, that it's a secret that can change your whole life. The next time you get ready to pull your knife, you know, the next time you get ready to pull your blade and, and, and cuss somebody out and give them some pieces of your mind uh, before you fight, before you shoot them, uh, before you respond fire with fire, an eye for an eye and a two for a two, before you lose your cool, let me let you in that regardless of who is surrounding you, uh, brothers and sisters, you and I can always have joy. I had to ask David a question here. I said, David, how in the world can you have joy? 
joy, baby, when you're down in a cave, no light, nowhere. When every time you turn around, you don't know what the next day is going to bring. When you have to look over your shoulder, see if Saul is right there. David, how are you able to separate your pain and reality from what you may be experiencing in the spiritual and natural? And through the lenses of the natural, still see an optic connection with the spiritual and say, I got joy. David told me to tell you three secrets, y'all, to having joy. Can I give you let me give it to you that quick now. So the first secret to having joy, let me deal with it. Let me walk with this secret right here. So the first secret is knowing that I have a God who preserves. It's on the screen. Write it down. Don't, don't, don't miss it. Look, look what he said. Look how he opened this particular psalm. Look at him in verse 1. He says, preserve me, O God. For in you I put my trust. He said, oh, my soul, you have said, the Lord, you are my Lord. He said, preserve me, oh, Lord. Now, he said, he said, watch over me. He said, God, I'm spending, I'm not spending most of my time fearing over Saul, even in the cave. No, no, no. In spite of his resources and, and my lack of, God, I'm asking you, would you do me a favor? Would you be a preserver of my soul? He said, here's why. He said, one, eight, because my spirit has passed the test. Ooh, come on, come on. He says, I got two realities here. I got to share with you. He said, I, I've, been, I've been able to dichotomize the spiritual and the emotional. Y'all don't, don't miss this. Please, please, please. Look at what he said. Preserve me, O God. For in you I put my trust. It is a reference to the spiritual. Yeah, I put my faith, I put my confidence, y'all see it, in you. So, so he said, so his spirit has passed the test. Then he comes back and says, I can be preserved because one deep, my soul is at rest. Yeah. It's right there, y'all. Look at verse number two. He said, oh, my soul, you said to the Lord. You are my Lord. So watch it now. You got this more study. He, he speaks of God as Yahweh in verse number one. But then he speaks of the Lord as Adonai in verse number two. He, 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 he uses two different names for God in two verses. He says, my spirit talks to Yahweh. And my soul talks to Adonai. He says, my spirit is talking, and my soul, which is important, the seat of my emotions are connected. So, he said, I have a connection in the spirit realm to Yahweh. I have a connection in the soulish realm to Adam. Not very deep here, because he says, I've had two different types of conversations. Please don't miss this. Uh, one person, two different conversations, and guess what? Neither one of them are verbal. Y'all, y'all, I'm happy all by myself. What he says is, uh, I put my trust in you, which has nothing to do with your mind. See, a lot of folk, we, we run around here talking one thing. When we say we trust God, 
That's a verbal conversation, but, but here is how you know that if your spirit has passed the test, what do you do at midnight? Y'all talk to me. I mean, see, see if I if I trust only with my mouth, but I'm still pacing the floor, walking, can't sleep at midnight. Uh, well, what that means is uh, my mouth has spoken, uh, but my spirit has not. You're going to get it in a minute. Uh, and can I be honest with you, Bethlehem? Uh, I prefer uh, a, a spiritual conversation uh, over mouthly conversation. Because the mouth can sing, I will bless the Lord at all times. Uh, I'll be in my mouth. Uh, but as soon as some trouble come on your house, uh, as soon as trouble knocks up at the door, the same mouth uh, that just got through praising him uh, is now hush, hush, and still uh, by what you just heard. Uh, but when your spirit is talking, uh, sometimes you ain't got to say a word. The R.P. song that says, written all over your face, you don't have to say, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, one word, yeah. Sometimes people can just see the peace It's on your face And that peace on your face Will speak for you I wish I had somebody around here That knew what it meant for your spirit To talk to God And you really put your trust in God Because when you do that You ain't got to go around impressing people You ain't got to go around trying to prove nothing to nobody When you know what you know And who you know You can be on your job in the morning And your supervisor can walk in and say Look, Friday Connected to the egg. 
and, and that egg became a zygote. And the zygote became an embryo. And the embryo became fetus. And they went through three trimesters, and in nine months, if you were like my baby, Caleb wasn't a preemie, huh? then, then you gave birth. Your mama gave birth to you. Huh? You came out of her womb. See, that's your body. That's when you got here. But, but before you got here, God knew you were that body. Start gossiping. Start giving somebody some of your. No purpose. 
spirit is trusting you. He says, with my spirit, I've been looking at my emotions. And he said, I got my emotions talking right now. Make sure that your spirit and your emotions are going the same direction. Because if your spirit is going here, your emotions are going here. Eventually, it's inevitable. They're going to pull away. So when the last time you had a talk? David said the key to it is knowing that God and Yahweh and Adonai, he is my preserver. God can preserve the spirit, past the tense, and the soul to be at the limit that you got here. Let me bring this point home, and I promise you, let me take this way long. Let, let me, let me, I thought about, you know, let me, let me bring it home. You know, we were just celebrating my grandmother's 88th birthday uh, last Sunday, and uh, her birthday was Monday. That, you know, she used to, she was at my city. And I know you still do it. And some of y'all may, she used to make what is called I don't have any more. I looked for them yesterday morning. I cooked them, toasted them, alligator sausage. Hey, and I, I would tell my wife, I said, We ain't got no more, sir. <laughs> Secret is being able to say I didn't get what I deserve. 
the devil is alive. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Because if God, let me tell you something. If, if, if God will send Sister Williams a, 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 a jump drive with your mind on it, and, and, and we could put your mind up on the screen, and, and we could read every thought that you had over the past seven days, then what the folks think about you and your mind? Take it 
the Roman poet to come give him by the hand. Bring him from hell back to a place of stability. And as Dante, y'all walk with me, and Dante was being led by Virgil from hell back to a place of stability. Somehow, some way, they were separated from each other. And Dante was left there to fend for himself. But wow, he was separated from Virgil. A sister by the name of Beatrice came and grabbed him and took him by the hand to let to take him out of hell to a place of posterior and a place of peace. That same would happen the same way Dante was separated from Virgil. He was also separated from Beatrice. And now left in the fourth level of hell to feel as though he would never make it back to his place of eternal life. And while he was struggling, y'all, and reminiscing on the tour guides, Virgil and Beatrice out of nowhere, Bernard of Clever, came on the scene, took him from hell, and brought him back to an existential reality to let him know what would happen if he was not properly connected with a higher power. May I, may I suggest something to David? Prophetically here, he said that when you are connected to God, you ain't got to worry about purgatory. He said when you are connected to God, you don't need Virgil, you don't need the actress, you don't need Bernard of Clavo to do something that's going to bring you back to a place of peace. He said that when you are in hell, uh, that God ain't going to send an emissary to come get in there and get you out. Uh, but what God will do in hell, uh, God will get in hell with you. I was in my own hell. Go ahead, go ahead. 
He found me. When we used to sing a song, I think we sing it here every now and then. I get true like that, of course. It sounded good, but it had a good theology. He said, I kept on searching until I found that that song sounds good, but it has some theological flaws. What do you mean to keep on searching until you find the Lord, the only, the only, you only find something that's been lost? How do you find God when he said, Behold, I'm standing at the door and I'm not How do you find him when he's saying that no, you don't find the Lord, but the Lord found you. He ain't never been lost, Bethlehem. I'm the one that's been lost. And so David went on to say that he will not allow the Holy One to see corruption. But then he said something that blessed me. He said that, that God will show me the path of life. Here it is. And in your presence, in your presence, is fullness of joy. Notice he talks about hell in verse 10. He says that, that, that you come and get me while I'm in hell. And then in your presence, there's joy. Y'all missed it. So I'm in hell. You come get me. And there, I get joy. Y'all still missing it. I, I have a deal for some hell. You're not going to leave me. You come and join me. And as soon as you get in there with me, I get joy. No, you have not brought me out yet. But my joy don't come once I get out. But my joy comes once you get in. So you ain't got to be out there to have joy. You can have joy with no money in your pocket. You don't have to to have joy. But as long as he's in your presence and as long as God is in there with you, then God can give you joy. Is there anybody in the house that can testify, Pastor, I've been in hell, but I can smile because I know God got in there with me. People are looking at you, trying to figure you out. The reason why you can smile because God with you. Uh, the three Hebrew boys uh, to testify uh, that God uh, got in there with me. Uh, uh, Daniel could testify uh, I didn't have to fear nothing uh, because God uh, has got in there with me uh, and I can have joy uh, because Jesus uh, can testify. Uh, he felt lonely one day. Uh, he felt lonely uh, out on the cross. Uh, he says, Father, uh, why did he will tell you uh, that finally uh, upon my carrying, uh, when he humbled and died, uh, they laid him down uh, in a barber tomb. Uh, but thank God uh, while he's in that tomb, uh, and the Father, uh, he got in there with him. Uh, and on Sunday morning, uh, I will rock, uh, I got out of rock.
Get your mind and thinking right, then you can do it right. 